you know, you have to have patience and perseverance and not give up and just enjoy the creative process. Are you considering getting into product design for your design business? Well, today's guest, Tyler Hill, walks us through. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. We'd like to give a shout out to Article and thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. Run on over and check them out. Wingnut.article.com. And now Article has something extra special for Wingnut listeners. If you go to wingnut.article.com, you'll get double your trade discount on all purchases until July 31st. To access this limited time offer, sign up today again at wingnut.article.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla White Claw Powell, and I'm joined by the ever-loving soulless ginger, the nag, Natalie Ann Graff. Natalie, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm a little hungry. Any reason why? Have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, Darla, let's have a little lunch before we do this podcast. I'm going to make something to eat. Do you want anything? No, no, I'm good. I just had a banana. I don't need anything. Needless to say... She ate half of my lunch because she decided it looked good and just ate half my lunch. You can't bring steak in the podcast studio and expect me not to partake. I ask you if you wanted lunch. Well, your lunch usually consists of Amish cooking, so I had no idea you were going to bring steak in here. That's a game changer. Sorry. Okay. Well, just saying. Natalie. I don't know if Robin's going to be too happy with you. <laughs> Robin. You know, I haven't decided if I love or hate Robin Arzon. Is that how you say her name? Arzon? Arzon? I have no idea. The Peloton instructor. I like her. She's amazing. She's been kicking my butt. It works great. But every time I um, have a visit with her in the morning on the bike, I end up... You complain all day that you're dying. Oh, my God. Every time I almost died. Today, I think I almost puked. It was bad. I had to like sit up straight, put my hands behind my head, and get some serious oxygen to my lungs. It was bad. I did a 45-minute hills and interval ride. Holy cow. I know better and have not tried that yet. <laughs> <laughs> the most I've done is about 30 minutes and I like it. And I'm actually, if it works out, I might go do a little spin here between podcast guests. Nice. Now I have my eye on the treadmill. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, I need some backup here. I'm I really totally need some backup. Uh, where's Michelle Williams at? Where Where is she? I, I need some help, Michelle. We were on her podcast recently. That just aired on Sunday. You guys go check out the Profit is a Choice podcast with Michelle Williams. You can hear our episode on there. I think that aired ooh, Sunday the... Six? What was Sunday? June 6th? I don't think that was Sunday, but I'm not really. Close I, you, know, you know, I don't even know days. I never even, you know, every day for me is like a weekend because when I work every third day at the fire department and then I get home and I have two days off. So I always have a weekend. So I never really keep track of what day's what. 
Let me tell you guys about today's guest, Tyler Hill. Tyler Hill is the co-founder of Mitchell Hill, an interior design firm based in Charleston, South Carolina. Originally from Texas, Tyler's travels, life experiences, and numerous educational endeavors have contributed to his keen eye for interior design. Tyler is particularly talented in lighting and furniture design, which allows Mitchell Hill to create a truly customized design experience for their clients. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Tyler Hill to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, Tyler. How the hell are you? Good. Thank you for having me this afternoon. Uh, we're so delighted. After a couple little technical snafus, we really appreciate your patience and getting that worked out so you can tell our interior designers listening all about how they can design products and become millionaires and retire. Of course. I'll try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> That's she made that sound so easy, Tyler. It is right. We're gonna we're gonna walk them through it. It's just as easy as one, two, three. Am I right or am I wrong? Absolutely. We'll try to make this as easy as possible. <laughs> That's what we need right now. Yeah, we do need an easy button right about now, don't we? Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your process into getting into product design. How did you even get involved in that? I did read your bio to the audience, but it was a quick uh, paragraph. And let's just talk about some of the steps that you took and how our listening audience can maybe repeat some of that and have some takeaways into getting into diversifying their income with this line of uh, stuff. Of course. My process of design products started when I was looking for a sconce for my previous residence. And I couldn't really find anything that I really liked. I, it was space flanking at sofa. I needed two of them and just couldn't find anything that I really liked. I guess I was kind of picky as a designer. And so I decided sketching um, a design and enjoyed that so much that I sketched a few other designs. And I was literally up all night doing it because I just realized how much I loved doing it. And so eventually, I had grown a portfolio to about 20 designs and started showing them to clients who were also interested in getting some custom work done. You know, a lot of clients want something that helps to individualize their house, kind of brings something that their neighbors don't have. And so I started doing commissions for clients and found a local manufacturer to produce um, I started with lighting mostly in the beginning, and it kind of grew from there, and I started designing chandeliers and sconces and flush mounts and lamps for people in New Jersey and Arkansas and Texas and kind of all different kinds of places outside of South Carolina where I'm based. How long does that process take? I mean, you said you love doing it, so that's great. So from start of when you put that vision on paper, then how long does it take for your manufacturer to actually turn that product out for you? The first step is obviously, you know, you have to get inspiration. Sometimes I don't have to get inspiration and I I'll wake up sometimes literally in the middle of the night, idea will pop into my head and I'll write it down in my notepad on my phone. But most of the time I will pull inspiration from one of the social media channels like Pinterest or Instagram, either that, or I'm also taking pictures a lot of times when I'm traveling or just any afternoon in Charleston, I may take a walk and I may take pictures. And so I gather my inspiration and then I do a kind of a simple hand sketch of the overall idea of the piece, whether it's a piece of upholstery or a light fixture. And after I've kind of worked on that, sometimes I do two drawings. I will put everything into my computer software program. I like to use, obviously, you know, there's CAD, there's Revit, there's different programs you can use. I actually like Google SketchUp because it's a little more toned down and simple to navigate. That's robust enough to design products, Google SketchUp? It is. You can do some interesting 3D. I mean, it's not super technical like CAD. The CAD comes after sometimes, but sometimes I don't. I can just give that drawing on SketchUp 
to the manufacturer. But usually what I try to do is I'll usually do SketchUp or CAD, sometimes both. And then before I send the drawing to the manufacturer, I like to put it into Adobe Creative Suite Illustrator. And I do a really more realistic rendering where I kind of add finishes I see on the piece, etc. And it just gives the manufacturer a really realistic viewpoint of how I envision this piece looking as far as finishes, as far as materials, etc. The sketch usually doesn't take long, but sometimes I can do the computer work in a day or two. Other times I take the sketch and the life of it kind of takes a new direction that you can't really force anything. So sometimes it takes a whole new direction when I'm working on the computer. I mean, there's been some pieces I've spent two months I've had to come back to. Sometimes I have designer's block and all that. So don't ever get discouraged, you know, just take a break, come back to it. But on average, I would say, you know, I can sit down and have a piece designed within a week. And then I give it to the manufacturer and we discuss what works, what if there's any edits that need to be made. And he puts it into production. And usually the lead time for that is about two months. And then I, I have a product review sometimes with a client too, if they want to come out and we, we see the actual piece before it goes into finishing. That's actually not a bad lead time because, I mean, you can order stuff now and have longer lead time. You know, I know. Um, it's 8 <laughs> to 12 weeks on average. So Still. sometimes I'm fortunate in that I found a manufacturer who's really good about getting things done on time. So Let's back up just a smidge there and let's talk about resources. So you have a manufacturer that you can take these things to and they can produce their projects. How did you find him? How did you establish that relationship when you first knew, hey, I'm going to design custom pieces for my clients? My business partner, actually, he had made, the manufacturer had made a piece that he had kind of collaborated with on. And so I knew of the manufacturer through that channel. So the local manufacturer that I use is actually named Averett. I was kind of familiar with his company living in Charleston. He's actually based right north of Charleston. But I knew I wanted to find someone local so that I could take my clients to see the factory, take employees to see it as the pieces are being made in production. I I felt like that gave clients a they had more to talk about when the piece was finished. You know, they actually could see the pieces coming to life and they had more of a part in it. And so in the beginning, I used a manufacturer from Virginia, actually, and realized that I really wanted to try to find someone local. So so how does an interior designer go about finding, if I didn't have a partner that had this relationship already established, where do I even begin to look for someone that can create custom lighting or custom pieces for me? I know it can get overwhelming. I mean, what I like to do is I like to call designers in... Like I I called a pretty well-known designer and I saw some of his custom work in magazines and I said, where do you get that manufactured? And if you're lucky, sometimes they'll tell you. So (laughs) that's kind of how I do it. A lot of times I'll just look through Architectural Digest or House Beautiful and sometimes they'll tell you, you know, this is a custom accent table that the designer used. And so I'll email the designer, cross my fingers, and hopefully they'll give me a resource. We did just start breaking into some custom furniture here at Darla Palantiri's in Miami. We we did partner with somebody there, but we haven't broken into lighting yet. And I wouldn't even know where to start Googling. <laughs> I know. It can be overwhelming if you Google too, because there's so many, you don't know who to trust or who's going to have the best quality. I mean, it's kind of like a needle in a haystack. So that's what I did in the very beginning and I got overwhelmed. We have Graft in here. I don't know if they do lighting that. Do they? I don't, I don't remember. I can't remember. Tyler, how do you get over your creative block? How do you get out of that? There's definitely designer's block. I mean, I know everyone hears about writer's block, but let me tell you, it's definitely... Yeah, it is a thing. It, it happens, and it happens about, I would say, about every six months it happens. I, I'm the kind of person that likes to get things finished, and unfortunately, I just have to force myself to get up, to do another activity, to kind of work on a 
you know, an, an interior design project, if I'm designing a kitchen for someone, I, I just, I have to clear my head and kind of focus on something else. It's, I kind of compare it to like editing. I take a lot of pictures and I edit photographs. And if you keep looking at a photo for longer than, you know, a certain amount of time, it drives you crazy. It's like, you got to step away from it, have your eyes focus on something else and come back to it. You know, go, go on a walk, go, you <laughs> know, you know, that's really good advice. Going on a walk, if you step away from the situation and don't even think about it, you'd be surprised what just pops into your brain randomly and you're like, oh, okay, that'll work. And I, I, get, I get creative block all the time from writing for the blog yeah. or, you know, oh, when I'm I sure. still do write my own. And designing, I mean, it's something you have to be up for because it's an artist kind of thing, right? You're spiritually it is. and you have to be. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's such, both of them are such creative endeavors yeah. and you can't force creativity. You just, you can't as much as you want to finish something, especially if you're on a deadline. I mean, I've had clients that want something done, you know, some of them are great. Some of them are not as patient. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can give you something, but it's not going to be what you're going to be happy with when you're having to spend 24-7 in your house quarantined. So yeah, <laughs> now, for sure. now, I, now I can use that as an excuse. But yeah, you just can't force it. Yeah, no, not at all. And I'm terrible at showing up and faking it. I can't. I just won't show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be like, oh, I need I need another day. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about margins. So for making custom lighting for clients, I'm thinking that the margins on these, you, you don't have to get in specifics, are have to be way higher than stuff you're going to order from, you know, established vendors who already have stuff in stock. Am I they wrong? They are. Right? Okay. They, they are. Like not, I wouldn't say double necessarily, but it's definitely significantly higher than the lines that we find in High Point or New York now or, or something like that. And the reason is because our cost is a lot more to produce the goods. So, you know, we're working with custom finishes and custom shapes sometimes and, oh, and true. all that. So then they might have to create something new to tool it or something. And how do you figure out the pricing there? Is it a formula? Do you say like that one piece that you took two months to do? <laughs> are you factoring in your your invention time there as well? Or how, how do you figure that out? Usually like if it's a big project, they'll pay a deposit on the design time. And then it the end, depending on how long it takes, there's something in our contract that says, you know, if, if it's, it takes longer with the design stage than initially planned, sometimes there'll be some added fees or whatever. But we try to keep all the custom pieces with the same markup, kind of keep it consistent. Do you ever so. have any pushback on the pricing? We do, especially big projects. Like we will give people discounts though. Like if there was one house I did in Texas, I, oh my, I, I loved it. It was, I'm very fortunate to have gotten the project. It was about 26,000 square feet and oh, they wanted yeah. all custom lighting and it was literally about 50 designs. And towards the end, I thought I was, I, mean, I was just having, there were three fixtures at the end I could not. I was having major designers block and they were under a deadline. They wanted to get moved into their house by Christmas. And I could not, I mean, nothing was coming to me. In that, I know this is kind of unrelated to the question, but yeah, in, on that instance, because there were so many light fixtures, we gave them a, a really good discount. I also did the custom furniture for their dining room, including a 23-foot table. So I'm actually really impressed that you didn't get blockage until the 47th light fixture. <laughs> I'd be like at number two and being like, I'm, I'm done. Well, some of those, I guess about eight of those were had sisters. So there was like a sconce oh, okay. I did that was also a flesh mount. So some of them, I yeah, I mean, I'm surprised there were a few though. There were several that were completely different. And then they added some at the end that I was like, oh my goodness, I guess I'm going to have to push through. But yeah, I took some breaks and I came back to it. 
uh, yeah, luckily it worked out. I, I'm hoping I can do that again. <laughs> so I've never had well, a project I, that I big since, since. Yeah, then, I would. But. I'm hoping I can do that ever. So <laughs> was that published? That project? So, so I got it photographed and everything, and we have it on our website and everything. Okay. And then we have not gotten it published yet because I had it photographed, and the magazine wanted to use a different photographer. Oh, so yeah, I happens. still want to. I know. I still want to get this other photographer in there eventually. Okay, so if our listeners want to hop on over and see those 50 custom lights, where are they going? So they're either on our Instagram page, Mitchell Hill Charleston, or on our website, mitchellhillinc.com. They're also scattered around my my personal Instagram page, which is Richard Tyler Hill. Okay, cool. Natalie Andrew. Yes, Starla Jethro Powell. Our sponsor, Article.com, the online-only furniture company, is pretty sweet. Tell me about it. They ship like speed of light, man. Boom. It's there. <laughs> well, you know, two weeks shipping or less because 80% of their items are usually in their catalog and in stock. That's like insane. You know what I love about them? I love that their items are gorgeous. The price point is really good. This customer service is terrific. And you know that they have designers on staff to actually help you with your selections, like real certified interior designers who are going to know what it is you're looking for, who can speak what you speak. Hey, that's pretty impressive. So get on over there. Check them out at wingnut.article.com. That's wingnut.article.com. We got your creativeness and all this stuff that you're going to design, but then how did you go ahead and start into getting licensed? The product licensing, basically, I'd been working with a woman in New York who's really good at licensing. And we had come close to do a licensing agreement with another company based in Texas. And at the same time, there was uh, another manufacturer, it was actually Averett, who had produced all the light fixtures for the many clients that we've had. And I think it helped that we were giving him so much business. And he decided to do a license with us. And so he wanted me to design kind of a take off of some of the stuff I've done for clients, but also some new light fixtures that we did for Averett, which launched about a year and a half ago. I think the best thing, if anyone wants to get into licensing, the best thing you can do is, first of all, you got to do what you love. Second, you got to get these pieces made and photograph them and build a portfolio. So definitely developing those relationships helped you to get licensed. I mean, you're not going to get product licensing unless you're like, you know, an influencer with a million followers without designing something first, right? I Correct. mean, that's, you just got to get out and do it. Yeah, build up your followers. That helps too. I've done a lot of panels too at markets and stuff and all that good stuff. So so yeah, let's, so let's talk about that a little bit. What percentage of importance do you think that just the networking and going and seeing and being seen and, and talking to the movers and shakers have influenced your ability to get licensed? Deals. I think it's a big piece of the pie or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, getting your name out there, getting yourself out there, meeting potential customers, potential other companies that want to work with you, telling your story. That's what people want to hear. It's like, you know, I have a art gallery too, and it's like they want to meet the artists. We have art openings so that they can come and meet the artists and see their process. It's the same thing with product design. You know, they want to see where you're coming from, what's going through your head as you're designing these pieces, where you're getting your inspiration where you're headed next. So I think it's really important to get your name out there in person doing panels or discussions and as well as social media, you know, keep your 
social media pages current. Yeah, for sure. You know, coming up with creative ways to do stories I've learned really helps. Are you tagging some potential little companies that you want to partner with or have licensing deals with as well? Or you- I do. Like I try I think what's important too is like any companies you want to have a license with, like try to promote them, like especially if they release new products in High Point or wherever, do a post trying to get people to see this new collection so that they know, you know, you're shopping them, et cetera. Also shop them for clients. Okay, so Tyler, so you said that part of your process was getting in there, maybe doing some CAD, some Revit, Google SketchUp. Correct. So if you're a designer who's 52 and doesn't know how to do all that, I'm raising my hand. (laughs) How technical do you have to get with a sketch to hand it off to somebody? Do you have to, to have that middle ground with CAD and Revit or can I just draw something? I actually am a pretty good drawer artist in that way. If you're really good at sketching, you really don't need to do all these other drawings, um, especially if you can even like use colored pencils or whatever to, or even you can paint. I'm not that good, Tyler. But no, no. <laughs> but even a sketch will work. I mean, seriously, as long as the idea is there, as long as it's semi 3D and they can tell, you know, what the angles are looking like and stuff. And dimensions. And dimensions. And yeah, I mean, a lot of manufacturers, that's all they really need. That works for a lot of people. A lot of times I get excited and so I want to do more computer work and stuff before I submit everything, especially if it's a big project. But I mean, right. honestly, like you're fine. If you're good at sketching, just do that. Okay. And then what do you do? You go to the the person that's going to actually put it together. Can you go and, and pick finishes and materials there? Or do you just write a little note and say? Yeah, they usually have like samples there that you can pick up and take with you to try to kind of decide and sleep on it or whatever. And so sometimes if you're lucky, they'll have certain pieces in production that already have several of the finishes on them that you can see. Because that oh, really okay. helps for me is like seeing a piece with the finish on it. Most manufacturers I know always have sets of samples they'll give you. Natalie, we're going to have to reach out to Grafton here in Miami and see if they do lighting. Yeah, we'll that is to, something we'll have to check with Steve for sure. Yeah, Steve at Grafton. They're a local company here. I know they do a lot of furniture designs, and we actually went, we took a tour there, and they have a really impressive setup. But I don't remember seeing if they did lighting. At the very least, he could refer us to someone who does. Absolutely. Put that on your to-do list, Natalie. Oh, one more thing. I can do that. <laughs> I'll have to write that down, too. I love going to... Yeah, we can. Um, I can make an introduction if you'd like. They produce some really nice furniture pieces. If you're an interior designer in Miami, if this is not a plug, Anyway, not a paid plug anyway. This is a personal plug. Um, Grafton, G-R-A-F-T-O-N. And if you had any advice to give to a designer who would love to get into the product design, what would you tell them? Yeah, what would be your best piece of advice? If you want to get into it, obviously you always already have the passion for it. But I think most importantly is you have to be patient. You have to have continue having confidence. I think you have to have more patience than maybe designing a room and choosing pieces from other companies. I think you just have to put a lot of confidence in yourself and just trust yourself that you will finish, you know, the design and that it's more of a um, solitary endeavor too. You have to sometimes put yourself in a room by yourself and not have any distractions. I mean, I, I design with music and that's great. You know, you have to have patience and perseverance and um, not give up and just enjoy the creative process. What music do you listen to when you're designing? Really everything, well, nearly everything but rap or like um, (laughs) the band that I really like is an old, kind of an old timey gypsy jazz band called Django Reinhardt that I like to listen to. It's really kind of soothing and I like, you know, a lot of jazz music and I like a lot of, sometimes I kind of like listening to John Williams, the film composer. Um, Star Wars soundtrack. Yes. We're best friends. That really gets me inspired. So (laughs) I always listen. I go, my go-to is always house music. I don't know what it is. It just kind of, it puts me into some kind of 
alpha where I can create. Yeah, I love house music. Any, I should do more of that. Yeah, that's an EDM. Idea. You really should. Yeah, an EDM. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Tell us a little bit about the new line of products that you have coming out, uh, a new licensing deal, uh, so the Wingnuts can go check that out. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. My, my dream ultimately was to kind of create my own private label. I'm kind of seeing this as a separate company that hopefully will grow and eventually have other guest designers, etc. And so I, for the first collection I've been thinking about and working on for the last two years is, you know, the 80s have kind of come back in style. And I kind of wanted to do a modern take on the 80s. And I was inspired by the glass grids you see on skyscrapers in places like Manhattan and applying that to lighting. And so the first collection is going to have about a dozen pieces, and it's going to be mostly lighting, but we'll also have a mirror and a cabinet. And it's basically just taking this bronze colored mirror and using materials like alabaster and blackened steel and maybe some leather too and recreating this style of the 80s, but also being more kind of low-key. And I'm excited. It's, it's, it, I haven't really seen anything out there yet, so I'm kind of nervous. It's a whole different look than anything we've done so far with Avery. Is that so going to be under the Mitchell Hill label? or No, it's actually going to be named... I had this idea to name the company Transparent, especially recently. I... I think, you know, this first collection is going to be kind of transparent. You're going to be able to see through some of the glass and stuff. I couldn't get the name out of my head. I was like, it's easy to remember. It's kind of relatable to my own life in a way. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I don't know. I really like the name. So I do too. I like it. And you'll have to, you'll have to be sure to send me an email when that's uh, ready to go and ready to order. And also when you're getting guest designers for your lighting. Okay. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, she just told you she can't sketch. If you can write, you can do anything. Writing is one of the hardest things. I mean, I can sketch. <laughs> I just can't do CAD. But I have people that can. <laughs> oh, Darla. All right. So will we be able to find out when that transparent line is available on the Mitchell Hill website? I'm hoping to launch it in the fall. So, okay, so great. yeah, I just... That logo was just completed and some other stuff. So, and how funny is it that the '80s are coming back? We we interviewed Sasha Bykoff at uh, Fall Market oh, Curling yeah. Company, and she did a new line too. And part of her inspiration was Don Johnson and Miami Vice. Oh yeah, yeah, she did. I think she looked at the font. Of, I'm so bad at pronouncing this. The font of blue, font fountain right. blue, fa- fountain, yeah. the fountain yeah. blue. Yeah, but I, I noticed one of her curry pieces was kind of inspired by the windows on that. And I love, yeah, I love that. yeah. I, I love to see it coming. I mean, I was in high school in the '80s. Oh, oh yeah. I feel validated. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Yeah. Well, I was I was an 80s baby, so I'm I was in high school in the 90s, so I'm not much Oh, okay. There you're not too far so, behind me. We no. won't even talk about Natalie. Natalie's still like He was in high school in the 90s. I was in high school in the 90s. Easy. Oh, you are? I was. I graduated in 96. I'm 10 years older than she is because that's how I roll. Yeah. (laughs) Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your insights about getting into product design and licensing. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Throw it at me. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Tyler, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would probably be a eucalyptus tree. I've always liked going to California and seeing those trees. They have a certain smell to them that I really like, and it relaxes me. I'm also inspired by the bark. (laughs) And koalas can come up and give you little kisses. There you go. (laughs) Of course. And they were also all over Jurassic Park, which is one of my favorite movies. So, Oh, that's a great one. There you go. More. That's a great John Williams score. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Never enough time. Especially then. I wish there were 36-hour days, <laughs> except during quarantine, 24 hours is plenty of time. 
I'm going to change up one of the questions on you. If you were a golden girl, which golden girl would you be? Probably either Rose or Blanche. <laughs> I'm, I got two sides, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Blanche is a very revealing answer. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. I like to read biographies a lot. And I read one recently on Bob Iger, who was the president and CEO of Disney, and just hearing how he ran the company and how he, I think he's a great role model to many people. He's accepting, he's, he comes up with these creative solutions. He really turned Disney around um, after they went through a dip in the early 2000s. You know, he's creative too. So I like that. And was that Bob Iger, I G E R? I-G-E-R, correct. Bob and Iker. So I'm looking I'm looking him up right now and I see the ride of a lifetime. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds like that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the book. <laughs> okay, so that's the the ride of a lifetime by Robert Iger on my Audible queue. Hold on, I'm clicking, putting in, adding it to my queue. Sorry, Natalie. I spend money every time a guest recommends a book. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for putting up with our technical difficulties and uh, being a great sport and a great guest. Please tell the wingnuts again where they can go to creep on your social on your website, and we will bid you a Yes. So you can visit us at MitchellHillInc.com. The Mitchell Hill social page is Mitchell Hill Charleston. And my personal Instagram is Richard Tyler Hill. All right. That'll do it. Thank you again so much. You have an amazing week. You too. Thank you. You know, I will have to say Tyler is the first guest that we've had on to talk about product design and product licensing that for some reason I had a light bulb moment on the steps it takes to do it and to come out on the other end. I don't know why. It's very simple. It's not rocket science, you know, the steps that he went through, but for some reason it clicked and I was thinking while he was telling us, I could do this. You could in your shameless plugs. I, I could have caught that. Yeah, yeah. I was listening. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> to Beth Ann. I, I reached I out know. to Beth Ann uh -huh, at Curry uh -huh. Company in that show and to Tyler. I have a suggestion. Okay. Why don't you actually start this before you might, you know. We know a client that wants to pay me buku bucks for custom lighting. Does that, but you know, I do want you to reach out or I guess I could too. I don't know why I have to feel the need to delegate it to you, to Steve over at Grafton. That's all you, boo. I'll DM him on, I, I got on enough, social. I got enough to do there. You do cupcake. have enough to do. Listen to me. My crown's getting heavy. Uh, oh my <laughs> gosh. You're not going to be able to fit through the door. <laughs> oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing his new line with lighting. And Transparent is actually a really cool name. That's brilliant. Very so brilliant. Yes. You guys will have to stay tuned over there to his social at Mitchell Hill and just stay tuned. I'm sure it'll be all over the place in his stories for sure. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's very, he's a very talented designer and he's on the right track and he's such a sweetheart and hopefully not too many dead squirrels on the lawn from his dog, Georgie. Georgie. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that will make its way into the podcast at, at least all, in the bloopers. It'll be in the bloopers, but it was hilarious. <laughs> his dog was barking in the background at a squirrel. So he let him out to go chase the squirrel and then hopes we don't because, have dead squirrels. Because but. who likes squirrels? No. <laughs> Guys, make sure, by the way, to tune in at the very end after the little credits there to, to listen to the bloopers. They're usually pretty entertaining at the very end. All right, that's it for this episode. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Tell your friends what the hell. Tell your enemies. And be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And I think that's it for today, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. 
can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. One way or another, I'm going to find you. Why is that song in my head all the time? <clears throat> I don't know why. I think that steak gave me a frog. Uh, yeah, I, what, I was wondering if someone's strangling something in the background. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> yeah, okay. that, is my, that is my dog. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I choked on my white claw. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sorry. At least she's on. You need some water? That, yeah. Yeah. You okay. need what, this water? Isn't, what, isn't this water? Good boy, Mango.